Non-monogamy, polyamory, open relationships. There are so many ways to describe the choice that many couples make to pursue a more personally fulfilling, if non-traditional, romantic partnership. As sexual identity becomes more fluid, relationship structures are shifting to reflect this new reality. But even as the notion of openness gains awareness in the culture at large, many people are still unsure about how it works in reality. So I set out to bring greater understanding to the practice of non-monogamy today. I spoke with men, women, gay, straight, some married, some not, from cities around the country. I mined our conversations for nuggets of insight that might help us get beyond a cursory understanding of the anatomy of an open relationship. I hope that their wisdom might teach us something about how to be more conscious and more caring in our own relationships and indeed more open. My name is Eddie Bennett and you are listening to Cultural Standpoints, a podcast of the VCU Brand Center Strategy Track. From the very beginning of a relationship, we've always talked about, oh, wow, he's hot or, you know, or, you know, like, what would you do with him and that type of thing? Like we would like mentally bring other people into our relationship by like talking about it, like, oh, that would be super hot or, you know, that guy's really lucky that that's his boyfriend. So we had that like discussion from the very beginning, like we weren't scared to verbalize it because, you know, it was just talk. It's not threatening. This is Michael. He and his husband have been together for 10 years. Hearing him talk about his first encounter with open relationships almost a decade ago sheds light on the changing landscape for relationships over time, but also the role that technology has played in that shift. Uh, It was Mm -hmm. moving beyond talk that, you know, that I felt threatened by in the very, very beginning of a relationship. Uh, You know, I was always and you're nervous, like, oh, do they love me? If, If he slept with someone else, would he just like leave me for the other person? And then I, I think, like I said before, it all developed from a point of trust. After a while, I just had implicit trust with him, and then we were able to move on from there. So how we got into the, or how I was exposed to it was probably like online. Like I started seeing people put that, you know, instead of just like single, people were saying like open. And this was probably, this was before the app. The app he's talking about is Grindr, a gay dating app, ubiquitous in the gay community for providing easy access to casual sex with other gay men in your neighborhood. So this would have been like, maybe like postgay.com age, I guess, is like the first time I like started seeing it. They weren't technically open. They were more like don't ask, don't tell relationships is what I called them at the time. They were, they knew each other were like messing around uh, with other guys, but they weren't talking about it because they weren't verbalizing it because it had like a stigma on it about being open and like when i first like heard about like a true open relationship and that's a thing where both people are on the same page and other people know about it and they were putting that label on it was back in chicago as well and so that was probably probably eight years ago uh that i met like the first open couple so you told me that you and your husband are open but not polyamorous so can you define polyamorous for us? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think the big thing is like in a poly relationship, there is, it's an actual relationship, you know, emotional and besides just physical. 
for me at least being open is just more of a physical thing like we kind of nipped that in the bud really early on that if people were showing an undue amount of interest in one of us that we would pull back like because uh the open relationship does not include like emotional attachments like we've i have emotional attachments to people i can have like a crush but i don't allow it to develop into a you know a side relationship like that's for us that's a, a boundary that we just would not cross Oh my god, I, re- I think I remember now. As as you need to do with men because of their fragile egos. I think I might have floated it first as like a threesome with two women so that it would be more easily digestible. So this is Sarah. She and her boyfriend have been in a committed relationship for over a decade now, but only recently decided against monogamy. I guess uh, maybe my first impressions of open relationships were kind of before I ever was interested in being in one. So it was negative, mostly. Um, But then later, um, whenever there were things that came up for in myself and in my relationship and who I see myself or how I see myself as an individual, which is an independent woman who... I don't know. It was too young to sort of uh, agree to only experience my sexuality with one person for the rest of my life. Um, To me, that seemed very limiting and almost ridiculous. People enter into open relationships for a variety of different reasons. So can you tell me uh, what the main motivation was for you? (laughs) I would actually say that it was probably sex. (laughs) Also sex, because as anyone in a long-term relationship knows, if they're going to be honest with themselves, it's, it's not, it's not the same after a while, you know, it's, you lose like that excitement and that, I don't know, drive, you know, you start to think that maybe, oh, maybe I'm not just not very sexual or maybe, you know, like I I don't want sex as much as other people. But in reality, it's just because maybe sometimes you need someone else to bring that out of you. I wonder if there's a double standard here for men and women when it comes to social acceptance of non-monogamy. You know, is there an aspect here where you maybe feel less comfortable sharing your relationship status, your openness with others? I've only shared it with a, a couple people. And that's because um, I found that um, when I have told people, um, they, they get really defensive um, as if your personal decision is sort of like a reflection on it's, it's me rejecting their relationship in some way. It's like a very touchy subject. And I've brought it up with people enough times to know that I don't want to bring it up with people anymore. Because they, they get put off and they, they're offended. And it's weird because I'm like, I don't know what my personal relationship has to do with you. But they, they take it as a rejection of their relationship. And I think it's also because part of them wishes they did it too. I think it was on our first date that we 
that she said, well, here's how it's going to be. If you and I are going to date, I have always, my relationships have always been open. Um, I was surprised by it. Not because I hadn't had any experiences with it, but I guess I was, I was really surprised that you could just ask somebody for that as a, as a you know, or just state that that's how it was going to be as a criterion for the relationship up front. This is Brian. He and his wife, Yvonne, have been married for over 15 years, and their relationship has been open from the very beginning. Basically, I had been a serial monogamist for my whole dating life um, and, and had, had broken off lots of relationships because I became interested in somebody else, never really asking either person if it might be okay to date both of them. But my feeling in that moment when Yvonne suggested it was, wow, you know, this really might have saved a lot of <laughs> trouble and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to, to ask for this up front might have really improved my life and would have, might have saved a lot of relationships. Like we've already heard on this podcast, Brian's interest in non-monogamy gets beyond just an interest in sex. I think for me, uh, my interest in other people is always a whole bunch of things. And, and sex can be part of it, for sure, and usually becomes part of it at some point. But it, initially, it's some sort of, it's usually some sort of just a real interest in somebody. Like, I'd really like to get to know this person really well. You know, I'm very interested in this person. It's like, it just like a light comes on and I don't, and I don't really know, and this can be really, uh, you know, can be difficult for other people, um, the people that I, I'm trying to get involved with, is that I don't always know what I want from somebody. I don't know if I want to be really good friends or if I want to be, you know, just this be someone that I go to movies with or, you know, just talk about certain things or fall madly in love with and, and want like a, f- you know, full relationship with all, with everything, with sex, with, you know, um, with spending a lot of time together. And so I don't really know up front. I just know that I'm really interested in somebody. So Brian and Yvonne are more than just sexually open. They're polyamorous. But the way they articulate that goes beyond a definition of how they perform their romantic and sexual relationship. As Brian articulates here, openness for them is more than a relationship status. It's a state of being in the world that transcends interpersonal relationship. And for me, I think the reason why I use the word open relationship is because I think that for me, the big distinction that I see in not just in in relationships, but in lots of aspects of like political views and things, there's people that are there's people I meet that are kind of open people. And there are a lot of people that are closed people, you know. And so I, I, you know, if I'm talking to people about any sort of radical, you know, interesting, interesting to me idea and they just kind of shut down and have already have very strong opinions about it. I'm like, oh, well, that's a closed person. You know, I'm probably not going to get very far <laughs> in this conversation. And just as they are probably not going to be accepting of my relationship, they probably also won't be accepting of my like radical or progressive views about the environment or about, you know, how we should be living. And my educational philosophy is also radical. So all of it. You know, it's sort of for me, it feels like a full package of like I'm an open person and I'm and I'm really interested in people challenging my ideas and talking about them. I'm not I'm not closed about them. I'm willing to change my ideas. But a lot of people really aren't, you know, especially as you get older. There's people that people just sort of become more and more closed, it seems like. I think the benefits are that I get to be completely myself in every relationship, Uh, that I get to be honest uh, with my feelings, you know, for my partner and my feelings about other people. This is Yvonne, Brian's wife. You know, I can tell my partner anything. I can be like, oh, I met this really cute guy and we were flirting and had this great conversation, you know, and I don't have to worry that he's going to be upset about it. 
you know what I mean? That he's going to say, oh, no, I don't accept the idea that you might find someone else interesting or exciting. And so being able to be honest with other needs that I might have and how they might be met by other people, whether that's, you know, friendship or learning to play bridge or watching scary movies, like the things that my partner doesn't like to do, I can do them with other people. I, I watched my kid grow up. By the way, Brian and Yvonne have a nine-year-old daughter. And I, I was just thinking uh, a few months ago, I was like, what if I told my kid that she needed to pick one of her friends to like really focus on and not spend very much time with any other friends? Because like she's not going to be satisfied in life unless she has one best friend forever. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. everyone would say that's completely ridiculous. You need lots of different friends because they all give you different things. But I don't see what the difference is between telling my kid that at eight and then someone else telling me that at 40. Okay, so that really does make sense to me. And I hear you conveying the practical benefits openness offers, but it obviously must be more complicated in a lot of ways too. Can you talk to me maybe a little bit about that? Oh, well, it's definitely more complicated. I mean, even when it's working great and everybody's satisfied and fulfilled with everything they have it's still really complicating even just logistically planning who's going to go on dates when and other challenges are you know when you see your partner getting into situations which are not good for them like you can get your heart broken as a polyamorist you know just just because you have another relationship or other relationships doesn't mean that when one of them ends or ends badly it doesn't hurt you you know so mm-hmm. you're, you're vastly increasing the number of times your heart is going to get broken, for sure. <laughs> and, and when your partner is really sad because their heart's been broken, like, that's tough. You have a lot of emotional caretaking of the other person when they're in relationships, when they're out of relationships. Like, it's, there's more work. I just want to finish up by discussing the intersection of your polyamory and your life as a parent. These are two very different aspects of who you are, obviously, but I think many of us might think of them as being in conflict with one another. So I know you've touched on this a bit already, and I'm happy to leave it at that, but I'd love any other thoughts you have that might reconcile this perceived conflict. Okay, well, here's it's, this is what I realized in the past year, um, is that having a child is becoming polyamorous because you're introducing another primary relationship for both of the existing partners. Um, Having a child is the essence of sharing and polyamory. And like, you have to be balancing all the time your relationship with your child and your relationship with your partner and your partner's relationship with your child. And so you like so much of what we have done as parents, at least for me, has made me much better at practicing other polyamorous relationships. Like I'm better at sharing, I'm better at like understanding balance and um, and it's just, it's the same thing, you know? Um, and if you have another kid, there you go. You're having another new relationship. You know, these, it's like people get attached to the idea that the possibility of sex makes relationships different somehow. And it's the same relationship idea, but, you know, sometimes there's sex. But, like, we're already all doing all of this relationship balancing work. It's just 
other people think that it's different somehow. And I just really don't think it is. To wrap up, I want to acknowledge the difficulty of trying to understand the complexity of human relationships, particularly romantic ones. What my conversations with all of these wonderful, generous people have taught me is that the best relationships are not open or closed, monogamous or not. They are bonds strengthened by communication, trust, and honesty. They're contracts, and the terms of these contracts are always in service to the values and the ideals of those who are joining in partnership. I hope we can all design our relationships in a way that supports our personal truths and unique perspectives on the lives we live and share.